five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond with your host, Justin. But before we get started, how was your geek week? And co-hosts, Dan and Jason. You have to be willing to let the dice help you tell the story. Okay, look, this year, I'm going to stop mispronouncing words. Join us as we cover board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop of Beyond. Happy New Year's, fellas. Happy New Year. Hey. We're uh, halfway through January by the time we get this episode out, but that's okay because that was the plan, right? Yes. Always. Yeah. If you had been listening to our little update that I provided uh, there in the beginning of January, you'll know that we were on a little bit of a modified schedule. Uh, not putting out nearly as many episodes, um, but ironically, I looked back and we've put out uh, about uh, 60, almost 70 episodes over almost two years. So we're kind of averaging one every other week as it is. That's not bad. Yeah. So we're just normalizing our schedule by moving go. to an every other week release yep. date. So we're, um, embrace, we're embracing what we were actually capable of doing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it feels good to be true to who you are, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, lots of big, lots of big stuff going on, and I, I kind of want to take a minute to address uh, some of our our big ambitions. I guess is what you would call them. I'd like uh, to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing is, is if you listen to our little update, you you know, you heard me talking about how. Uh, we want to grow this podcast. We want to make it bigger and better uh, than what we've been doing. We've enjoyed uh, talking a lot about RPGs, talking a lot about our game styles, talking a lot about you know the things that we love. Uh, but we realized that when we had originally started out to uh, record this podcast, we also wanted more like board games, more card games, more new games that we wanted to, to try and play. So... Um, I'm excited because I think this year is going to do that. Agreed. I, I think we're all um, ready to kind of to hit the next level of evolution for the show, and um, you know. And with your help. With your help, <laughs> it all starts with you. Just call one nine hundred. That's right. It will charge you money. <laughs> <laughs> Operators are standing by. <laughs> Yeah, the um, so some of you probably have noticed already some of the changes. One, um, we stood up our own Tabletop and Beyond Discord server. So Woo-hoo! that's great news. Um, I will put that link in the description of the podcast in case uh, people haven't seen it. Uh, we've been a little bit more active on our Facebook page. Uh, been putting out content pretty much every day. So uh, people should start seeing that a little bit more. Uh, let's see. I uh, we also got our Twitter and Instagram accounts set up and running, so we've been getting um, some pretty good following there. Uh, as it stands right now, we started. I started the Twitter account less than a week ago. I'm kind of proud of this. I'm going to tell you this, and we already have uh, 28 
followers. Hey, not bad for a week. Yeah, a little less than. It's really hard to get it going. Like you gotta do a lot of engaging and following, and you know. So like, we're I'm, I had it set up so now we're following 376 people or accounts, cool. and you know we're being followed by 28. Well, that's pretty good. That's a good start. Now, let me tell you this. On the Instagram side, however, we have 54 followers. Oh, baby. I know. I know. We're getting a little bit more traction on the Instagram account. And I think a, a part of it is because I've been posting some models and Warcry and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people who love that. So, good stuff there. Yeah. Well done. Yep. But, Warcry, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, but, um, you know, we, we've got big big things coming if you guys have not followed us if you haven't um liked us on instagram or all that stuff uh you know join our discord follow us on facebook i've got all the links up pretty much everywhere where you can go uh give us a shout out we love to hear from you guys we love to hear what topics you want so you're gonna see a lot more questions from us like hey you know if you could you know it You'll see us put out stuff like, "What do you guys want to? What do you guys want to hear about? If you had a choice between hearing about a board game review or, uh, you know, an interview with a developer, what would you guys like?" So you'll, you'll see some of that stuff where I think we can take some of your feedback and and uh, and go with it. So we're we're very excited about it. Yeah, I think we're gonna have we're gonna have fun doing it too. We're gonna enjoy putting out some material. So I think it's really about sharing our hobby in a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Uh, and exposing it a little bit more um, beyond just sitting together and talking, you know, once every two weeks um, about stuff. And, uh, you know, I, that's, and I think this will be good because generally, like the three of us, I think we hobby a lot. Um, and like this is a pretty big part of our lives. And to be able to kind of expose that and show it, I think it, I think it's going to do good stuff for us too. So maybe there's a little selfishness in there. It'll It'll help us kind of ramp it up in our own lives even more, uh, but it'll be cool to kind of see if we can get a get the community going, um, and see what we can see what we can walk away with in terms of uh, meeting new people, maybe planning uh, you know uh, some inter- more interactions, getting some uh, listeners on the show, um, and then potentially having some events. I know we want to do some more live stuff. Yep. live streaming stuff so whether it's uh jess and i are big in a war cry we like to play war cry a lot we usually get a couple people to play with us when we do um and i think we're gonna we're gonna try to stream some live uh war cry war cry uh plays maybe do some battle reports uh, i think there's a lot of age of sigmar and a lot of um uh, a lot of 40k battle reports that are out there uh and there's some war cry but it'd be cool to kind of be able to contribute to that to see if we can continue to to add our kind of take on that game too so i'm excited i'm excited i think it's definitely an underserved game out there Warcry. um people wouldn't think that probably listening to our podcast because we talk about it so much but um the community is rather large you know i'm i'm in a facebook group with a lot of Warcry people and i you know there's a lot of the same questions on there how does this unit do how does you know like how does this work how does that work and i think um having some battle reports and some live streaming stuff like i think it'd be cool to live stream some of our painting and modeling and stuff like that as well you know just so people can join in and and we can have a good time together yeah well they'll be able to see all the rules we're breaking and and help us get better <laughs> like no, no no that's not how you do it jason 
<laughs> That's not how that rule is interpreted. You know, it, it just goes to show that part of weighing in in a podcast and putting yourself out there really always improves your skill level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it kind of forces you to up your own, you know, the, the seriousness that you take a game. So it's it's a really positive thing. Yeah, agreed. Totally. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. So thank you for joining us on this journey. Um, we'd love it if uh, you stayed with us and even if you brought some friends. So feel free to share this. Uh, you know, all of our episodes are being put up onto Facebook. We will have a, a an actual website um, up. I, I've been working on that uh, and getting that up. So ho- I'm hoping by the next time we record, we can announce that it is live and ready to go. That's great. So um, yeah, we get we're we're out in the community a little bit more, and we'd love to we'd love to see you all there along the way. So a lot of a lot of good changes, a lot of a lot of engagement that we're trying to make. So um, happy happy that we're headed on this direction already in 2022. Cool. But with that, gentlemen, how was your Geek Week? Dan, why don't you kick us off? Well, I just defeated the Omicron variant, so I spent a lot of the break uh, sick in bed. But it allowed me to watch (laughs) a lot of old episodes of Star Trek. Excuse me. And the great thing about the Modifius Star Trek um, Klingon RPG is there's a page early in the book that tells you exactly what the best episodes to watch are in all the different series. It doesn't have Discovery that missed the like production window with, when they put it out. So I got to watch a lot of Klingon episodes. I, th- I thought I had already watched everything there ever was. That wasn't actually true. I found some episodes about Belana Torres and Voyager, which is not my jam show, but I was able to go find those episodes and, and um, brush up on my Klingon and to get that much more excited about a Klingon campaign that I, I have a, Kling, a Klingon campaign I'm developing and no group to run it with. I'm just trying to decide which one of my two groups I'm going to kill and replace with uh, the warriors of the Klingon Empire. Uh, which are your Star Trek groups? Or Star Wars groups. One of oh, the Star, Star Wars, Wars one of the Star Wars groups will probably need to die. I just don't know which one. So well, can, one can, we, back, can we back up is... to the uh, brushing up on your Klingon? Yes, I don't so. speak Klingon. No. Okay, okay. I was I was lore, really right? getting excited there. If no, <laughs> okay. I, I, do they have that on Duolingo? I probably should get it. They do. They do. Yeah. They do. It's a yeah. weird language, man. Yeah, th- I watched a, a special about the guy who developed the language for Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock. We're talking nineteen eighty four or five, something like that. Um, he purposely made the language. He wrote the rules of the language. He was a linguist, and he's like, I need to make the most alien language possible, so it needs to be the most difficult language ever there you go. written by anybody ever. <laughs> so if you're a li- lingual-type person... And Challenge accepted, into, token. If you've gotten into Klingon, it doesn't. It, it's not much harder than that, so good for you. Now, I... I know a few words like uh, like we all do, but it, it's fun to just get broke. When it's really great when you think you watched everything right of a certain kind of vein, and you're like, oh, there are more episodes. Oh, there's more here. So that it allowed me to do that, which is which was super great. Um, uh, I had some 3D printed terrain um, that was modular um, that a friend of mine for my birthday had given me um, some 3D printed terrain that needed some glue up. So. I'm looking at all the different terrain things that I have now. Some of them are unpainted, and I'm trying to figure out how I want to attack painting um, terrain. 
uh, like I had to like glue girders together to make platforms. This is like multi-level terrain type stuff, you know, stair staircases and, and ladders and, and that type of thing. So I made a lot of progress on that during the break. And that was my geek week. That's awesome. Is that, yeah. um, what is the terrain, what are you going to use it mainly for? Sci-fi, Star Wars, but it'll work perfectly great for Trek. Like RPG stuff? Mainly, yeah, but it would also work for any kind of sci-fi um, mini battle game. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. No, it's it's good stuff. Um, I have a pretty decent box of it that she printed for me, but a lot of it needed some super glue and, and figuring out what I wanted to glue up and what I want to snap together. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. take, you know, it's like, oh, well, do I need to, do I want to disassemble this easily to make something else that's cool? Or am I going to lock it in with the um, with the craggle? So... It was fun. With, with the crackle. The crackle. <laughs> Love yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Nice. Jason, how about you, buddy? How was your Geek Week? Good. I uh, I got an actual Xbox Series X over the hey. break. Hey. Yeah. Finally joined the club. Funny because I'm probably, I would probably argue I was one of the longest running Xbox owners. Yes. In along amidst all of us, I had all close to a day one Xbox, the original. Yeah. And uh, I'm probably the last of my friends to secure an <laughs> Xbox Series X. That's funny. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so, dude, awesome system, man. I mean, it is so quiet. makes no noise. I love that so you know much. What, and you, you know what? I w- thought I was going to be worried about the, uh, like, the vertical. I know you can set it the other way, but, the like, yeah. kind of the vertical box. But you know what? It fits per because I play my, my Xbox is on my computer desk because I, I dual-purpose one of my computer monitors uh-huh. when I want to play the Xbox. And uh, it sits perfectly behind one of my monitors. I actually have a lot more desk space now that it's oh, there nice. than when I had the uh, the other one uh, that laid flat. But um, you know what? One of my favorite parts about this system is is the uh, quick resume. Oh the, yeah. Uh, the uh, the the um, the prior version of Xbox I had, uh, which I can never remember what the Xbox One X. One X. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could quick resume. Um, Kind of, but it, kind it could. Of. You you could turn it off and then turn it back on, but it would always disconnect from the network and and all that stuff. This one, I I don't know. Do you know how many games it can quick resume? I don't know that number. I'm quick resuming at least two right now, yeah. no yeah. problem. Like I'm uh, literally, it's like alt tabbing between games. Like I'm playing Mortal Shell, which is kind of like a Dark Souls ish game, which by the way is a really fun uh, and challenging game. Really enjoying it. A very dark game so it's along my line and then my buddy will jump on and be like hey let's play some aliens fire team like all right so i'll switch over boom i'm in aliens fire team in like the click of a button yeah and it's loaded we're playing no loading it's just there ready to go and it's connected to the network there's none of this like i gotta restart the game anyways because it's not on the network anymore i remember when uh we were playing back for blood and Uh you could always tell who the xbox series (laughs) x owners were yeah. Because the rest of us would be getting in there and they're like, all right, we're ready to go. And I'm like, oh, look, there's a crate over here. And they're like, yeah, dude, I already looted that like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. You know, like our load times were so much slower. And, you know, it's so funny because you're like, oh, okay, cool. It saves me a few seconds here or there. Well, I mean, those seconds are usually like 30 seconds. So, I mean, and you add it impatient. up over time and all of a sudden like <laughs> – you know, I, I, I've got my old X, this the 1X upstairs, and I've got the Series X downstairs. 
And uh, when my son wants to really play his Fortnite or whatever, he'll come downstairs, and I'll go upstairs, and I'll load something. And I'm like, come on! Like, what's taking <laughs> yeah, so long? Yeah, it's like, I fixed know? this problem. <laughs> now it's bad. And uh, you, just, you just don't realize, like, you know, just, just the little things about, like, how quick it loads, how good it looks, how, like, seamless the system seems to run. Yeah. You know? It, uh, it's, it just it feels it's good. pretty great, and and it that instantaneously on... loads the 360 emulator. Yeah, can you imagine that? It's like I can get into it in like one click. I'm I'm in an emulator. What? Sorry, I didn't yeah. talk over. No, no, tech. it's 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 good. I, I I'm really enjoying it, and uh, um, I'm happy. You know, I was able to secure one. I think that a lot of people probably were too. I think there was a whether there was a ship that finally got in a port or whatever. There was a ton of. I think a ton of Series X's and Playstations that uh, flooded the market right around the holiday time period because I know yeah. uh, it was popping a lot more. So that's good. Um, and, and all built on a framework, right? The Microsoft's Play Anywhere framework is an example with Aliens Fireteam Elite. Before I had the Series X, um, I downloaded it on my computer and I was playing it on the computer. And then once I got the Series X, I installed it on my Series X and then my buddy... Uh, uh, said, hey, let, let's play something tonight. And said, well, let's try Aliens Fireteam. So I booted up totally expecting to have to start over. Nope, everything was fully synchronized yeah. with my play on the PC. Yeah. Uh, just completely, like, seamless. Um, had all my gears, all my skins, like, all my, you know, items that I had looted along the way. Uh, so I, I think Microsoft's really heading in the right direction with this kind of any platform um, approach and uh, I think that they're gonna put I think they're gonna put people like Sony kind of uh, potentially on uh, on guard with what happens in pa- post this generation where the Xbox Series X really is just kind of a it's an extension of your your mobile device and your PC right for playing games right now whereas the yeah. PlayStation really is kind of still just the PlayStation well you know I, I think what's interesting too is that um Microsoft, you know, they like Steam was out there, right? If you're if you're a PC player, oh, yeah. of course you know what Steam is. Um, but you could also download games on Windows. You know what I mean? Like, no problem if you right. wanted to go that route. Um, but with this new Games Pass, I think it puts Steam on notice too. You know, um, because now I can play the Xbox and the PC and have it seamless. You know, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, this is pretty amazing. It changes um, their funding model for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and the thing is, is like, you know, if you're a PC player, you did Steam, and it was like, okay, we'll let Xbox and PS5 kind of duke it out, and they can have their console wars. But now, it's my, like you said, Jason, um, it's on your phone, mm-hmm. it's on your laptop, it's on your desktop, it's yeah. on your console it's on your smart tvs now you know if you can get xbox there's uh they're developing apps right now the cloud gaming apps for smart tvs where you can just log in and play from a smart tv anywhere you're at it's pretty impressive and the fact that they're you know this uh subscript monthly subscription that unlocks all of your devices playing games on all of your devices yeah it's going to be really powerful and i think people aren't they're not paying attention to the power that that's going to have. That Microsoft's setting themselves up for a couple of years to now to really take control of a large amount of the gaming market. And the, um, I read an article on Polygon, I think it was, which Polygon is usually pretty pro PS 
PS. They're just Polygon is usually just a bunch of people that want to find something to be angry about. I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, I know Kotaku is like super pro PlayStation, and so is IGN. Um, and then you get like Forbes, which is kind of weird. Like <laughs> Forbes, like they're like pro Xbox. Um, but anyway, uh, Polygon had an article that said Sony's already lost the this generation. They've already lost it, and it's not in the way you think. You know what I mean? Because everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's sales and stuff. And they went on to talk about how the model has changed. And, and Microsoft was the one that changed the model. Yeah. And and so Sony's playing business catch-up, not just console catch-up. Like their it, whole business concept is changing. It's interesting. I feel like nowadays in all technology domains, the model the model of what is working now or what consumers want or just what works in our lives makes our lives compatible with technology. I would say it, it changes every, I don't know, what would, you, what would you think, Dan? Like every three to five years, there's a significant change now, it seems? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's accelerating and accelerating and accelerating. I mean, just compare, we just did a comparison between the Series X and the previous generation. It is night and day difference. Yeah. Um, and everything came before that looks like a tinker toy. Um, so, you know, um, Moore's law is, is <laughs> it hasn't slowed down in gaming. Uh, the engineers are finding ways to, to make it more immersive and more, uh, more robust. Yeah. And I think as the, as the technology continues to, you know, become better, a lot faster then you get people really creative people that think of new ways to employ that technology into our lives and you see changes like well we're not using discs ever again and you know six years ago i thought man i can't put a disc in something like that's so but now it's like i don't want to buy a disc like what are you like it's yeah. i almost treat discs as cassettes i'm like what i don't what is that i don't even i can't even put that in my computer anymore i know it's but, so uh, weird yeah it's so weird because our kid my kids are looking at like cds and D, well cds forget about it but dvds even they're they look at it like i looked at vcr tapes yeah you know it, which like i had beta. a lot of vcr tapes growing up but then you got the dvds and you're like oh plebs rewind that no <laughs> you know and so <laughs> i just i just ordered a 4k uh, blu-ray player finally because the <laughs> xbox series x one sucks i put in one of my favorite movies oh, i'm yeah. like oh this sucks for watching movies and i everybody said online it sucked and i'm like Everybody online's a bunch of whiners, and then I'm like, oh, let's, let's oh, order one funny. up. You know, let's I didn't even notice this thing had a, DV, uh, a Blu-ray thing in it. Yeah, well, you have to download yeah. the. Well, I, I, I really like 4K. I like Dolby Digital. I like Dolby Vision. I've said it before, and supposedly this machine is going to be better at that. But it did a really lousy job. So Maybe not get, out the door. It, yeah. And guess what? A 4K Blu-ray player is only 150 bucks right now. That's hilarious. From Sony. Yeah, it's cheap. It's not it's even cheap. like house brand. So, but like you said, oh yeah, discs are stupid. I'm like, I bought a bunch of 4K discs for Christmas because <laughs> they were cheap. They're usually $40 for a 4K disc. They were going for five bucks on Amazon of yeah. my favorite stuff. I'm like, well, I, I do like 4K and I like Dolby this. So I should just get it. And then I put it in my player and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Time to to swap out with the old Blu-ray player with the new one. Yeah. Well, my uh, just to keep going, my next uh, bullet uh, for my Geek Week was uh, I changed it. I drafted uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to make a game, and so I drafted one up. 
I oh, drafted wow. it up. Oh, good for you. I put it yeah. in Tabletop Simulator. Uh, I played it with uh, a friend uh, once, and uh, he said, wow, this is really fun. I think this could be uh, a fun little game. It plays really fast. It, Justin and I, uh, last, late last year, probably in the fall, we came up with kind of some tenets that we think games need to have to make them, make them successful. That sounds like a good idea for a podcast, actually. Uh, hey, baby. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yep, I made sure to follow those tenants that we established. So it plays quick. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, um, uh, it, there's asynchronous play and there's asymmetric play in the game, which I think keeps it interesting. Uh, now I just got to convince people to actually boot up Tabletop Simulator and try it with me. <laughs> <laughs> My sister was in town, way. otherwise I would have done it. Oh, I know, I know, you had family in town, but uh, it's like crickets on the Discord. I'm like, hey, anybody want to play? Yeah, I think there's a lot more people uh, who are sick who are laying low than than what you'd think. I think there are people that I I believe there's absolutely uh, with, you know, there's a lot of sickness going around now. But I think there's also just this feeling of a lot of us are just like, I am so done with playing things online, like virtually. Yeah, yeah. We just want to get in person. But I don't want to print all this stuff out first. (laughs) I want to try it virtually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll play it with you. We'll just got to find a time. We'll get some time together. But anyway, so I'm I'm heading towards one of my New Year's resolutions. So I'm pretty excited about it. I'll tell you more as we kind of make a little more progress on it in a future episode. That's great. I'm excited. Great. You'll inspire me to pick up the game I'd started developing like 10 years ago. <laughs> cool. All right, Justin, you're up, man. Uh, what? Well, uh, I'm happy to report that I buckled down and um, I was painting and painting and painting as much as I could over the um, over the break a little bit, especially this last week. And I'm like super close to finishing the cruel boys half of the dominion box that i got back in june so uh if you guys remember one of my one of my resolutions this year was to to start winning the war on the gray Mm -hmm. you know um maybe launch a crusade against it as space marines want to do right um and (laughs) and so uh doing pretty good on on getting these guys done uh, I don't know if I'll ever have like a full Cruel Boys army, but this is a thousand points. If we ever do like a little Path to Glory game, I think that these guys would be great. Have a lot of fun with them. Um, you know, they uh, they're perfect Warcry band too. Um, you know, because they got a lot of different options that you can use. And I yeah. love those models, man. Yeah, they, I've told you this so many times. Like when I started playing Age of Sigmar, if all of the orcs looked like the Cruel Boys, I would have gone orcs because they look like what I think orcs should look like. Oh yeah, they look. Um, they look. So many people say they look like the Urukai from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know. And uh, in They're fact, menacing. I think I'm going to paint a little white hands on some of their faces. These totally <laughs> shit. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. So. Sweet. It's going to be good. Um, and I've got a very muted palette with them right now, right? They, they're they swamp boys, and they're wearing skins of the people that they have conquered. Gross. So I painted, yeah. you know, their little cloak skin color, and then their, their, um, their, skin, their actual skin color is like a very swampy, desaturated green, you know? So they have a very kind of... Um, sort of desaturated detoned like look about them but then i'm going to give him these flashy orange shields so it'll look kind of cool 
It's like they all yeah. went to the store and went, you know what? We should all get orange shields. We need orange shields. Because, <laughs> you know, there's just not enough color in your yeah. ensemble there, Uruk. Yeah. So it's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited about this. And then um, I'm looking at my wall of gray that I have right in front of me. And I think I think I'm going to knock out the Stormcast Eternal half of the of the Dominion box next. They're already built, and I'm doing a very simple color scheme with them. I'm building them. They they remind me of like that they want to be like the Roman Legion. So it's gonna be they're gonna be very silver with splashes of red and a little bit of gold. You know, so it, they're going to look pretty good. And I'll just knock them out pretty quick. Because so. metallics, using metallics, you can crank through those pretty quick with an airbrush. So um, that'll be good. Just knocking those out, man. Winning the war on gray. And then, of course, all the all the work that I was doing to get the, um, you know, tabletop and beyond stuff set up. So go give us a like and a share. Yeah. So, you you yeah. know, you should, because um, that's one thing that, that I'm sure other gamers or hobbyists probably struggle with is when I walk away from painting for a while which has been a long while for me now and I keep looking at my minis and thinking I want to get back into it but number one I haven't can't remember where I wrote down my color recipe so I gotta reproduce those yeah Uh, the other thing that I think would be helpful maybe you could write a little article on our website or something is uh is just your understanding or maybe the layman's understanding of like the color wheel and like what saturation is and all that because I, yeah. whenever I sit down and think I want to try a new a new color scheme I think you know what I should try to do before I start painting these guys I should learn about like complementary colors <laughs> and saturation and all that and then yeah. I get online and I try to re- see it online and I'm like holy crap I'm just gonna paint what I think looks cool <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> definitely uh, yeah because there's a lot of times where I'm like okay well what do I do like <clears throat> I was thinking with these especially with these cruel boys right like if you're out in the swamps like, you're not going to have, like, flashy colors. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the bold blues and the rich reds and, you know, like, uh, you know, the... the Other amazing, alliterations. Yeah. The the, the <laughs> y- awesome yellows. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you know? So, I mean... Greens. You're not going to have a lot of those because, like, the dirt and the mud and all that crap is going to get in there and, and fade everything out, right? So... You want to try to go desaturate it. Whereas, like, I look at the Stormcast Eternals, those suckers are going to be shiny and bright. Yeah, those dudes are polishing their armor every night. Every night. So, you know, no weather on them. So, yeah, you know. Um, oh, uh, and then I came up with another. I just want to say this real quick. I'm, um, I've got another set of Stormcast Eternals. You know, these are these are the big armor guys. But these are the hunters, right? The ones that are out in the field, like, like tracking down Chaos Boys and all that stuff. I saw that um, in my readings of the Warhammer 40K uh, lore, there's the Justerin. I think I'm saying that right. And sure. they were um, they were like the first company, like the best of the best of the Sons of Horus. And they this is where Abaddon comes from. Abaddon was the, the guy who took over all of the Chaos Space Marines after the Primarchs were killed. Um, after the the siege on Terra when they tried to kill the Emperor. So um, they were basically the leaders of... They're like the new leaders of the Chaos Space Marines, you know, um, after everything kind of settled settled out after the big uh, Horus Heresy. Anyway, Mm -hmm. big 40K lore there. But um, their armor, like pre-Horus Heresy armor, 
like is like amazing looking it's like black with red and silver and i mean it just looks amazing and they're the perfect color for these um stormcast so i'm gonna do them up pretty good too so i'm excited cool. about it yep I've, I've got it i've got it i i realized another episode that i need to do um is using the citadel colors app and another app called paint rack because what Paint Rack is, is um, it can take any color, like a Citadel color, and then tell you what color it's closely resembled to any other color of any paint range that's out there. Oh, so if you want to use nice. Apple Bottom or Apple Barrel, <laughs> Apple Bottom, if you want to use Apple Barrel. <laughs> you want to use the bottom of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to use like Apple Barrel Super Cheap Paints, or if you want to use Vallejo or something like that, um, it will tell you like, oh, you're using Radcarth Flash Citadel. Well, this is the closest color that you can get in any paint line, you know, and vice versa. Like you've got a Vallejo and you're like, well, I don't know what this would like really matches up to. Um, And so what's great is the Citadel app will tell you different recipes that you can use. But then you marry that up with the paint rack app and it will give you the colors that you need that you may already have. So you don't have to go out and buy a bunch more paints. Mm. So that's another episode. And I think that's a great episode. It, it might actually be a bonus content video. I was thinking of doing a video with it. Yeah, we should. So anyway. Anyway, that's my Geek Week. I kind of meandered a little bit. Sorry, guys. No, so I think we all did. <laughs> meandering, meandering. It's been a little while since we unleashed our geek. We have a lot to say. Yeah. Speaking of saying things, Dan, I believe it's time for the news. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't prep a sound drop. Um, <laughs> <coughs> Disappointing. Day. P. Ah, Day's yes. PIA partners is in an ex, is in exclusive discussions to sell Day to a video game company called Embracer Group. So um, they're looking at ways to cross um, pollinate the different brands be- mm-hmm. or the different IPs between what uh, uh, is already in the um, Asmodee IP portfolio and what what could be moved over into the uh, video game world. So um, I am excited by this. Uh, this is going to be, um, you know, this this other company uh, already owns a half a dozen other smaller, different video game companies. So for anybody who is worried about investing in a tablet-based game like uh, uh, Middle Earth, the, the uh, Journeys of Middle Earth is one. Uh-huh. What's another one? The Descent one. The Descent. Uh, there was another one where you fight off the aliens from that old squad video game. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, any any other any of the FFG lines where you're fighting against a, an app? XCOM. XCOM. That's the one. Thank you yep. for jogging my memory. Um, I feel really good about this other company's ability to take on that those um, I those IT properties and and make those a living thing. So it's so interesting exciting. because I've been seeing all over the social media that the you know the return of the dark tower, or is it the dark tower returns? The dark tower. Yeah, um, it's come out, and uh, one of our friends said it has a companion app that really helped it. Yeah. Um, speed yeah. it up. I see these companion apps um, as return to dark tower. That's yeah, return to dark yeah. tower. Yeah. Yep. Um, I see these companion apps as being um, 
pretty normalized in the near future. Right. You know, for yeah. a lot of for a lot of games. And so I think that this new company that you know is is taking over for Asmodee, um, I think that they see the writing on the wall too, and that is definitely a market that can absolutely grow and get much bigger. Yeah, I, I, I it's good. It's exciting and um I think there'll be plenty of traditional, you know, cardboard plastic board games out there on Kickstarter. But I think some of the larger publishers are going to have to say, like you said, okay, we're putting out of this game. What is the digital shadow for this game? And companies will have to answer that question. You know, the independent yeah. folks will will still be making great games for you know that that rely on plastic polyhedrons. But I think everybody else is going to come closer and closer to this. So that's that's what's happening with Asmo Day. Our next piece of news is Ian Livingstone who was one of the co-founders of Games Workshop, and yep. uh, he's worked on a lot of, uh, he's worked on D&D and Warhammer. He was just knighted by the queen. Nice. So we have a game developer who is now a, who is now a Sir Ian Livingstone. So uh, he was not just knighted for his games things, you know, he'd also worked on curriculum for education and um, some different volunteer based activities so um he's uh, made good and it just goes to show game developers that someday you could be knighted too so <laughs> so <laughs> very good point i was gonna say that sir ian livingstone sounds like one of the most knightly names that you could know. you know like it's, it's such a such a knightly name my two questions for you one's yeah. to dan one's to uh jason with the Queen knighting Sir Ian Livingstone, what D and D character is she, Dan? And what <laughs> army, forty forty k or AOS army, does she play, Jason? So the Queen is clearly a deity. <laughs> she, she, is, okay. she is up there. You mean what? What she's she's no way... like a, she, like as a PC player character. Like what 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 class is she? What does she play? Oh, what does she play? What would yeah, the Queen of yeah. England play? Well, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that she is a mechanic. Um, <laughs> you laugh at this. Sorry. But she worked on uh, during World War II. She was in the auto pool. Everybody had to work during World War II to fight the Nazis, and she fixed Land Rovers. Nice. That was her job as a princess. And um, she, you know, if every time she has a car breakdown, she's like, she reminds everybody that she used to fix, uh, fix Land Rovers. So um, that's, that's why like, everybody's like, don't let the freaking Land Rovers. Exactly. Break down. <laughs> like, we just don't want to hear it from the queen. <laughs> just, yes, yes. It's just got to work, guys. It's just got to work. But no, that's a really cool thing that most people don't know about uh, Her Majesty is that she uh, was an auto mechanic before she was the queen. So you can be a game developer and be knighted. You can be an uh, auto mechanic and be queen. All right. It can happen. <laughs> so what class does she play? That's, that's really cool. What does she play? I, you don't put paint me into a D and D box. Like, no, you've got, she's got, so, she's got, she's not what class is she? I'm saying, what does she play? Like, like well, uh, you're, she, she just knighted a game developer. So she's got to play the game. Like, what does she play? Oh, this is a pretty yeah. tortured conversation. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think she's a very nice lady, and I'm going to go on, on public <laughs> and say that I think the king, queen is great, and she's about to hit her 70th, 70th jubilee, and that no other 
Monarch in England has hit their platinum jubilee. So 70 years of He's reign. dodging the question. I, I don't know what she'd play. If you, if you wanted to sit down and play with the Queen of England, uh, I don't know her well enough. I, look, I pulled the mechanic thing out of my rear end, and you thought that wasn't good enough. <laughs> that was I just wanted good. you For to answer the question. Sake, man. You could have just said Paladin. She plays Paladin, okay? Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I, thought, I thought the mechanic thing was a pretty deep pull. I mean, it was pretty, pretty good. good. It was pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. All I'd right, be playing a sci-fi what? game with her anyway. I'm not going to run D&D with the queen. Come on. What, uh, what, uh, what, 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 what 40K or AOS armor does she, does she have? Uh, definitely Gene Stiller Colt. Oh yeah! No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to say it though. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> right, right. No, 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 no. You know, it's funny. If I, 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 I was think... gonna say Tyranids, but you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like blasphemy. I know. It's great. Right. Uh, no, uh, probably like maybe uh, Adeptus Custodes. Oh, you know? I mean. The the emperor's personal bodyguards, yeah. Like maybe that uh, maybe that would hit home for her since her life is surrounded by, yeah. you know, basically being led to and fro with her bodyguards. And that's exactly what she wants to do with her her family. Yes, time. she wants to <laughs> I mean, go on the table. And <laughs> I mean, you would like I I could have also seen uh like you know the the rogue the rogue answers Tyranids or jeans to the coats for sure, but the um, yeah. I could have also seen Sisters of Battle. Yeah, I thought about that, but uh, I, uh, maybe. I don't know. That, I like the custodians. That's a good yeah, answer. I think custodio is probably yeah. a good fit. Yeah. Oh, boy. Good stuff. Good stuff. In our next All item right. of news. Blaspheme over. <laughs> Dark Souls is coming out with a role-playing game. Excited for this. Forged Games is coming out with Dark Souls. So um, don't know when, but uh, keep in mind it's going to be dark and, and gothic and... Something tells me you're going to be able to die a lot and fight impossible monsters multiple times. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. The, what do you think about the world building of it? Because it has some interesting <laughs> world building aspects, right, Jason? Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> it's one of the most in-depth story lore franchises that's out there. Uh, it's amazing. I will buy every piece of material on this just to consume lore. Not even yeah. if I never played really? it. Yeah. Oh, the the lore is amazing across the entire franchise of how everything is tied together and everything is connected and it's great it's amazing and i can't we can't even begin to go into it in this podcast Don't but get uh, into it. Don't i'm excited i'm really excited i think it has an enormous potential for a lot of deep lore um in it and to tie it's got so much material across three you know uh three games uh tons of dlc with that introduce unique characters that have deep story um uh tragedies um you know love stories uh power um just you know uh salvation uh repentance like every every topic you'd ever think of with unique characters tied which is those tied to it that has content material to build this universe and world for and the fact that the world has been rebuilt and burned down and rebuilt and burned down um, so many times, it's part of the lore. There's just so much opportunity to explore there. They've got, um, I'm looking at Steam Forge Games' Twitter account right now, mm-hmm. and uh, they've got some lore up on Twitter right now that you could be consuming. Mm. Oh, yeah, right? I've, got, I've got it up, too. And uh, it looks pretty good. 
We should see if we could get somebody from there on our on our show. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. Anyways, super excited about that. Think it can be. I think it could be really good. Um, hopefully, they uh, don't destroy it with mechanics. Um, okay. Did they say? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's so got we'll a. See. Well, the nice thing is, is that it's got to feel like the the video game, less so than the board game. Yeah, it's difficult though because. In the video, in the video game, you know the thing about Dark Souls video game is every time you come across something new, it's very extremely deadly. But then, as you play the game, it the game teaches you to raise your skill level and to have patience. And once you do that, you can pretty much do really well in the game. Uh, and, and so, it'll be curious to see if they can capture that same feel. Uh, you know, because we've talked about it before, is it's one thing when you level up too much, you become so OP that like it's impossible to kill your character. You always need to have that that threat there. Um, and with Dark Souls, you know, as with a lot of video games, once you get the skill, you can pretty much you know run the game, uh, run through the game. And you see a lot of people that that can do that. But we'll see. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with the mechanics to cha- make it try to feel like that. Well, we already know Jay is going to buy the game, and we're all going to play it. He's going to run it. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. I will. What? Do they have a release date yet, or is it just announced? No, just just the announcement so far. There's some pretty awesome stuff where there's just memes of you died. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. All right, stuff Who, you guys going to take the next? J- Jason, are you going to take the next item? Yeah, I'll take the next one. So, uh, a, a, you know, game that I played a lot on and off in the years. CCP Games partners with BBC Studios for a crossover of EVE Online and Doctor Who. This Whoa. was super excited when I saw this. EVE Online is a mass multiplayer uh, online you could kind of call it an RPG. It's really a space sim, um, but it is at a huge, huge scale. Um, yeah. The best way to understand EVE Online is to just get online and watch people playing EVE Online. The thing about this game is it is so player-driven. I mean, the entire game is really just... The developer, CCP, really just made a space sandbox with very light rules um, and then turned it... O- turned it over almost 100% to the players. And the players the players own, um, they own the, the power, the control, the governments. Uh, I mean, there's, there's you know, newbie space or high-sec space, high-security space, where there are some NPC <laughs> police <laughs> and That's federations. not what I thought when you said it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, high-sec. Uh, <laughs> k- k- with a C. Uh, then there's low-security and then null-sec, null-security, and then there's wormhole space, too. And once you get out of high sec, it's oh, it's a hundred percent owned by the players. The players, they govern, they patrol, they they get into uh, squads and teams. They c- patrol, they control the economy, they control stations, they control the markets, um, they control who is allowed in and out of systems. I mean, it is truly like, uh, it is truly the the uh, a sandbox, and the developers have turned the reins over to the players. Uh, there's a lot of really fun stuff in EVE Online. It's one of those games that, you know, as all games have, you can kind of tie real currency to, to virtual currency. As you can pl- you can buy this thing called Plex. I'm giving you a little bit of background, which will make this interesting. This thing called Plex, which is kind of your token or your ticket for game time. 
So normally with these you know online role play games, you pay a subscription fee to pay the developers to maintain it. Well, in this game, the way you do it is you're buying what's like a pilot license for 30 days. But that pilot license doesn't just immediately give you 30-day access. It gives you something in-game called a Plex. It's like a currency. And you can use that Plex. You can use it in your character to give yourself 30 days of game time, or you can sell it on the market. And so what that has done is it puts a real uh, exchange rate on the in-game currency and USD. And um, there have been instances in the EVE Online's history where players have had player-on-player -player battles that have ranked up in the hundreds of thousands of dollars of real-world uh, money that has oh, uh, been no. destroyed. Right. That doesn't mean people are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, but like the yeah. equivalent exchange rate of in-game goods yeah. to you know real money. I uh, remember reading an article um, from Cracked.com, believe it or not, way back, way back when, like ten years ago, about how um, there was two warring factions of people, yeah. and it was kind of this Cold War corporate war that they were engaged in. Oh yeah, in. yep, this was huge. Yeah, and one of uh, they yep. they managed to get somebody infiltrated into the opposite side and then yeah. they went in and worked their way all the way up to the top and then basically like looted the bank accounts of everybody and dissolved it yeah dissolved everything like took it down from the inside within like an hour or something like yeah. that and like it wrecked them like I completely mean, wrecked them it's so hard to understand the scale of this game unless you have played it. Uh, it that sounds like oh a bunch of guys you know a little bit of pvp like no that's like this is like real corporation level. The way these player-run yeah. corps and yeah, their I, corporations. Yeah, I know a guy who got. And a, they were talking that it, this, this thing took up years. Got divorced. This was one of the reasons why he got divorced. Uh, yeah, we know him. We know that guy. <laughs> sorry, yeah. keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. But uh, this, but that operation <laughs> took years to implement. Years. It yep. was not. It was not like a. Oh, I'm just gonna. <laughs> well, like I think it was about a year. Over. Yeah, but. Yeah. So anyway, so hopefully we have set the stage for the scale of EVE Online. Really fun game. However, it is one of those games that unless you really enjoy space simulation and economic simulation, it feels like work. It can feel like a second <laughs> job. Anyways, so EVE Online, CCP, those guys have come together with BBC Studios, and they are doing what is called a crossover event. They're calling it the Interstellar Convergence. And it is set before the Time Lord's 400-year-long conflict with the Daleks, the last great time war. This is a special event to Eve inside this Doctor Who universe that will run for two weeks only, from 13 January until 1st of February, where EVE Online players will be able to unearth Doctor Who-related artifacts. They'll use them to have clues to track down the Dalek minutes inside of the space, um, and uh, they'll face off against them and into big in interstellar battles. Um, and be able to claim uh, Doctor Who-inspired rewards that they can take back to uh, to New Eden, which New Eden is just the name for kind of the universe in there. But so what's interesting about this is hopefully all that you know, little five six minute rant we just went on about Eve Online. It set the scale that Eve Online covers. So this isn't just going to be like a bunch of little ships that look like Daleks flying around. Like this is probably going to be a very massive, you know, uh, a galactic event that's going to happen in this game. I'm really excited to see some of the, the live streams and things that come out of this thing. It's, it's yeah. a, uh, I think, you know, because Eve has been around for so long, they periodically do an advertising push every several years. And it's like, oh, yeah. that, that game's still out there. That's still a thing. 
Didn't they have a Super Bowl commercial like a couple years ago? Uh, sounds familiar. I'll tell you this. I played it recently over the break. It was one of the things that was going to be, uh, well, I guess we'll get into our next section, but uh, it they have done a lot with, uh, it still feels like the same game, but they have done a lot to make the interface a lot more intuitive and more modern over the last, you know, decade-ish that they've been around. So they're they're oh, paying nice. attention to their game. You can tell they love their game, which is which is good. It's funny because I was um, thinking about I used to play Lord of the Rings online. A lot, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and um, which I enjoyed the game, um, but I don't think that they've done much to like they maybe have released some expansions, but like the graphics aren't great. The interface is pretty much World of, World of Warcraft. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. you're just like eh, this is the same game it was almost 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I'll tell you this one. Well, that's a nice thing. If you are interested, um, EVE Online, uh, one of the models they did move to about, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years, maybe even just fewer than that, is they did move to a free-to-play model uh, where there are are what they call alpha status and omega status. And with alpha status, you can train up to about five million skills, I think, skill points. So you can still play the game and still very much experience the game with the free-to-play alpha status. The Omega status just lets you fly like you know tech level two ships and fit uh, T2 modules and above. So if you want to get deep into it, you got to pay. But they really open the doors to really increase the the uh, the base the player base that connects the game. So if you just want to try it for this this event. I don't know if the alpha or Omega status will be able to participate in this event, but you could at least get in there and maybe see some of the fun stuff that's going on. Yeah, very good. It plays native on Mac now. Wow. Yeah, nice. Wow. Yeah, cool. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I have an addictive personality, and, and I love my marriage, and I love my children. So, uh, You know, I'll tell you this. I have played this game on and off and on and off probably more than when I did WoW. And WoW was, uh, WoW was one of those ones that stressed my marriage for a while. But, uh, yeah. but uh, EVE Online... I comes, I play, I have fun, and then it feels like a job, and I stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those games that sometimes is more fun to talk about around the water cooler than to actually play. But it's uh, it's a great game. Interesting. I do love me some spaceships. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, thank you, Dan, for the news. Dan and Jason for uh, those news topics. Always good to hear what's going on in the world of gaming. And uh, this brings us to our main topic today, the things we played during our break. So, um, yeah, this uh, we, we, we thought about a couple different topics for today, but we wanted to, we wanted to touch base, and I, I think it's good for us to kind of do a little bit of a recap of times when we get to really sit down and play a lot of different things, you know, because... Um, I think the variety is good. I think that, uh, you know, when, you, when you're playing with your family, you tend to play different games than when it's just you and your buddies. And so uh, I know that we all got to, to have some good gaming over the, over the break. So why don't we, like, each take one. We'll go around until our list is pretty much gone. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Jason, why don't you kick us off then? Uh, all right. Well, I'll make mine uh, easy. We talked about this a lot, so maybe I'll start with an easy one. Is Warcry, right? We played. Uh, we had a night where we had uh, two new guys over that had never played before, and yep. we uh, so we had four people playing on one table, uh, separate games, but uh, you know, four uh, uh, two one v ones, 
And uh, we just kind of round robin slash rotated through so that we all got to play each other and uh, had a great time, man. And, you know, it's great. You can play a game in 45 minutes, maybe even less, depending on what comes up. And I feel like every time we play this game with a new person, the new person is always like, this is a really fun game. I want to play this more. <laughs> it is yeah. just such a great game. But anyway, so that was one that we played. It, really, always takes really them a, it always takes them a game to get into it, right? And then by the third game, they're like, oh, I get this now. Like, yeah, and there's usually one rule where they're like, that doesn't make sense to me. And then you talk about it a little bit more, and they go, oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, great game. Yeah, it was. It was It was nice. Uh, we had our buddy Adam over. Uh, Adam, f- funny story, kind of met him through Facebook, even though he lives just down the street. So um, he'd been in our Discord uh, uh, talking a little bit for a while. Um, I know he plays a lot of different games, including X-Wing. And all that. Yeah, and, he and I uh, was he and I were supposed to play, and I'm like, I have a bit of a sore throat and a slight cough. He's like, <laughs> let's not play, and it turned yeah. out I had COVID, so we dodged, yeah. he dodged a bullet. Well, I'm sure he's excited to play again. Um, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's like when you find somebody in your local area that plays the same games you do, like instant community. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, it was great to have him out. That was nice. Yeah, very good, very good. Cool. Dan, how was how, how was your first game? Um, <clears throat> so uh, Santa brought me Guardians of the Galaxy Xbox X slash S game. Yep. Um, this was not a movie knockoff game. It's kind of a multiverse version of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So they have a different model for Star Lord and a different model for Gamora, and the voice actors are different. And so I started playing it and had a nice time. I really enjoyed it. Um, the writing's pretty good. Now, if you like everybody bickering on your headset while you're playing, if you like the NPCs like making fun of each other, uh, it's good. If you if that bugs you, then steer away because all they do is torment each other. But I've never laughed out loud at a joke in a video game until Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Nice. And so I went on IMDb and it had a super high rating, and I, and I was like, well, as a piece of entertainment. I'm going to give it a 10. It's not like a 10 as far as video games goes, because there's lots of great games out there. But I gave it a 10 on IMDb because the writing was good enough to make, you know, stodgy old me, you know, totally bust out with a... They, they dropped a couple jokes that were good, so... Yeah. Um, what kind of game is it? Um, it's kind of... It's, it's a squad-based game where you're doing first-person person shooter stuff, but then you command... The other guardians, you're Star Lord, but you're commanding the other guardians to do their special abilities when you need them to. Okay. Um, and then there's some. So it's a little like Mass Effect. Yeah, a little sense, like Mass Effect. A little more puzzly, though. You know, they've got some uh-huh. puzzles you got to solve. Um, not turn based at all. Okay. So you know you've got to be um, in the moment. But I, the arc direction was great. It had its own arc direction. They gave different backstories to some of the main characters. Um, you know, um, so it was cool. And I, I played through the first several missions and, and really liked it. And I will give it a thumbs up. If you like Guardians of the Galaxy um, and you want kind of a fun game to play, uh, give it a whirl. Very nice. Very good. Um, I beat Halo, the Halo Infinite Legendary campaign. Oh, baby. So that took a little bit of effort. Not going to lie. There's a couple levels there where I'm like, I don't know if I just need to give up on this. <laughs> 
that means you need wait, to give up on it. Wait, wait for co-op to come out or persevere. And I decided to persevere and I finished it. And uh, it was worth it. It was good. It was a good time. And uh, the the biggest biggest reason why I struggled with the the legendary campaign was my skills have gotten a little rusty with the Halo. I haven't played. You know, I mean, I've been I played a little Master Chief Collection. You know, on and off. Like sometimes I'll get on and I'll play it hard for a week or something like that, and then I just won't touch it again for several months. You know. And, uh, but, you know, it's a little rusty, but by the end, um, had a good time. I gotta tell you, Halo Infinite's one of my favorite Halo games. Um, the campaign, I had, I had so much fun with it. Oh, good to know. So much fun with it. Um, and it's on the Games Pass, so it's free to download. Um, what happens, though, is you download Halo Infinite, and it's the base multiplayer game. Then you have to go into the campaign and download the campaign portion as well. So I think it's like 40 gigs for the base game, and then it's like an additional 30, 30 gigs for the campaign as well, just as a heads up, which is pretty standard for a campaign and multiplayer game, 70 gigs. Um, anyway, but here's, here's what I love about it. The Halo, Legend, Halo Infinite is um, a sandboxy first-player shooter, first-person shooter, right? You've got these missions that you go on and, and can do stuff, and um, you rescue these marines, and then they start showing up at these like forward operating bases that you've liberated. Well, what's great is you start unlocking weapons as you finish the campaign, and you like um, kill high priority targets. You get their like, you know, geeked out weapons that you can access from your forward operating base as well. And basically. I unlocked these specific weapons. They're called ancient. Um, uh, oh gosh, I'm I'm totally forgetting the name right here. But they're like phaser beams. <laughs> okay, they're um, they're they're these phaser beams, and they do massive amounts of damage. Well, what you do is you you pop these weapons, and then you go trade them with the NPCs that are standing around your base, and they are like crack shots at everything, and they never run out of ammo. <laughs> with their stuff <laughs> like they're amazing they're absolutely amazing so um so i get this vehicle called the razorback and it can fit me plus my five of my best friends in there oh, no. and so i get five guys with these lasers and i just start trucking through <laughs> and there it's like it's like the death star i mean it's like do 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 i mean like lasers shooting everywhere like brutes that would like take me forever to kill are like this in the completely disintegrated in my face i don't even have to hit the brakes on this thing you know and i'm just flying through there so uh granted that is kind of one of like one of the closer like end game weapons but when i've been going through and doing a lot of the collectible cleanup that i like to do um putting those dudes in there and just rolling through it's amazing it's absolutely amazing so it's so much fun like it's it's a blast that's great a lot of fun yeah sounds like some emergent gameplay there (laughs) oh yeah that's awesome (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's great. It's like, hey, how come you're not running out of ammo? Don't ask a lot of questions. Yeah, well, I mean, that was that goes back to Halo 2. Like, way back to Halo 2. Where you would give, like, you'd get a rocket launcher, and you'd give it to the NPC, and you would drive the mongoose, and they would shoot the rockets. Because they would never run out, and they were, like, crack shots with them. Like, whereas, like, you and I trying to shoot the rocket launchers, we miss, like, 80% of the time. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, like, that has been a Halo thing since Halo was a thing. You know, like, give give the NPCs the good weapons, and they will <laughs> they will wreak havoc. And they kept it. It was great. <laughs> you take the you take the phaser. I'll go back to my needler. <laughs> oh, dude, totally. Every time, I'm like, I'll take that plasma pistol from you. Thank you very much. Thank Let's you go. Very much. That's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, good stuff. Jason, back up to you. I played. Uh, my family got a game for Christmas called Bears vs. Babies. I own that. I've played it. It's great. Yeah, it's a fun game by the people who brought us Exploding Kittens, and uh, it's a fun game where you you know you you would think it would be goofy like that, and it kind of is. You've got uh, piles <coughs> of uh, I think three different styles of baby armies that are coming at you. There's uh, water <laughs> water babies. <gasps> no way. The, they have yeah. water babies. babies. No. Yeah. It, yes. Uh, you have to kill the babies. Yeah. You're the bear. You're the monsters. So there's the water babies. There's the land babies. The air babies. It's not water babies that you're thinking. It's just babies that attack you from water. Because I'm telling you that if they're water babies, you're not the monster. <laughs> <laughs> Did you you're, – you're referring to the uh, 80s, early 80s water babies? So I grew up in northern Nevada, and there's a lake out there that's on an Indian Paiute Indian Reservation called Pyramid Lake. There's water babies in the water that will drown people. Okay, so uh, (laughs) this is uh, really just about, you know, babies that come from the water. All right, anyway. so don't want to impugn any of the Native American nations that may be listening, especially the Paiutes. They're the ones that told us about it. I... (laughs) I would hate for us to be negatively stereotyping a noble people. Uh. I would like to say that uh, the cool thing about this game is that uh, when you're playing it, you get to you and you are creating monsters with goofy cards like goofy heads and bodies. You have a head card, bodies cards, arm cards, and you're just putting you're stitching them literally stitching together Franken style or, or Frankenstein style. Uh, they literally have stitch marks between the cards. That's and once hilarious. you once you get certain uh, monsters together, those monsters can go fight the certain type of baby army that's in front of you. Um, and you can do fun stuff to kind of attack your neighbor. There's just a few cards that you can you know like tear the arms off of your neighbor's monsters. Uh, you can switch the heads so that it's a different type of monster than they thought it was. Uh, but then you can do things like you can provoke the babies. And when you provoke the babies of a certain type, like the air babies, anyone who has an, a monster that's an air monster has to fight them. So if you oh. see your opponent building like an air monster to try to get ready to go after this big army of air babies, you can go ahead and provoke the air baby stack prematurely to, so that you know that they will defeat your opponent's monster before they've had a chance to buff it up. So... There's a little bit of fun stuff you can do that kind of plays back and forth. My six-year-old daughter liked to just provoke every baby stack every turn. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, let's let Ashley maybe build her monster. Lit. No, I'm provoking. No. Oh, okay. All right. This is going to come back and bite you, but all right. Now let's she's do mad. It. So, Did it, though? Yeah. Did it come back and bite her? Oh, yeah. They would. They were always getting mad at each other, but it's good yeah. family fun. It's a fun game. It, you know, it's one of those where, like it says, it should play in 20 minutes. Never had a game only last 20 minutes. There, it's right. about a 35 yeah. minute if you're playing with kids. Maybe if you're playing with adults that are focusing on speed and just playing and having the gun. Fun. I don't know about you guys. When I play games with my kids, it's like a part of the game battle is getting my kids to focus on when it's their turn <laughs> and actually taking their turn. This is why I don't <laughs> want to play over at the Bales house because I don't think I'm prepared. I don't think I'm prepared for them to remind me that it's oh. my turn. 
Oh my gosh, man! I am like I am like the turn Nazi in our house. It's your turn. Okay, it's your turn. Okay, draw a card. Okay, you draw. No, you got to draw two cards. Draw your cards. Okay. All right. Now play one card. You get two actions. Just two actions. Two. Okay, this isn't hard. Two actions. Okay. Turns over. Okay, Audrey's your turn. Draw a card. Like that's. I get to that point when we're playing games as a family. Yeah, you've scarred. Like, you've I love scarred, you. I love you all. You've scarred I love you me, all. and I've not done that with you. <laughs> it's. So my kids get so distracted. But you know what? It's about just being around the table having fun, so whatever. Anyways, great fun game. Uh, yeah, sounds like it. Uh, our, my next game was Fireball Island Race to Adventure. Now, Fireball Island is a marbles game. It has like a board that takes a while to set up. Um, essentially, you're running around. You're tourists on this island. You're running around taking photos and grabbing artifacts, trying to score the most points. And there is a a volcano face thing that's spitting out fireball marbles and there's it can knock other marbles down um that are already in place and so it's it's a very kinetic game you know how you know if your piece is knocked down that affects what you get to do on your turn and stuff like that and so at different points during the game you get to act you get you get to be the one that plays the card that decides to activate the volcano so uh it's a lot of fun it's very it's, it's like a big toy. It takes a little while to set up. You know, it's got little plastic palm trees that you can use to route the marbles to different areas. Um, but Nate, uh, longtime listeners will remember Nate who came on the show with me not that long ago. And uh, he sent that to us for Christmas. As he did, he sent uh, Bears versus Babies to us as well the year before. So he's got really great taste and, and really knows how to send us a, a ridiculous game that, that uh, we, had, we had a really fun time playing it. Um, my son is my nine-year-old is like when are we doing that again that was amazing that's cool nice very good yeah very very good uh my next game was telestrations have you guys heard of this game oh yeah uh this was new to me i feel like it's been out for a while since people have been talking about it i think it's been out for like uh like gosh a long time i feel like i feel like i've played we've been playing that game for like six seven years yeah, it probably has been. I don't know. Like, I, I think I told you, like, in our New Year's podcast, right, I need to do more gaming with the family, and that includes doing more family games, right? Ah. <laughs> and so um, we got this for Christmas um, and uh, from my parents-in-law, and uh, my nine-year-old loves this game to death. Um, and part of it is that she's actually quite a pretty good artist, like, um, and she's probably won the majority of our games. Because uh, she often gets best best drawer, you know, or the best artist oh, in the cool. in the picture, and uh, she'll get pretty good guesses too. So, um, but yeah, Telestrations was fun. Uh, my daughter took it to a New Year's party that we went to, and um, she uh, played it with a bunch of other teenagers, and they had a freaking blast. I mean, they wouldn't stop laughing. They were laughing so hard that. <laughs> me and my buddy were like, whoa, what in the heck is going on in the other room? You know, so uh, always good to hear the teens having a good time like that. Good, clean fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they're way yeah. more cynical than they need to be. <laughs> yeah, so for those that, uh, I, I guess I should probably explain what it is. I, I didn't do that. So Telestrations is a game where you basically combine the game of telephone with Pictionary. So, you know, you're given a word. Uh, either you write that word down and pass it on, or you write the word down, you draw a picture of that word, then you pass it on. The next person has to, 
you know, look at the picture, guess the word, and then they pass it on, and the next person has to take that word and write it down. So you could, you know, just like telephone, you could start out with, uh, you know, elementary school teacher and end up with purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> you know, uh, but in picture form, which is great because, like, my son, he is super, like, literal in interpreting some of these pictures. Like, my daughter drew a demolition derby, which looked pretty good, and he was like, defense court. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, but look at this. This looks like a judge, and this looks like the jury, you know? And we're like, okay, I guess we could see that, you know? And But he, he does that kind of thing all the time. So he's the one that always inter- uh, interjects the, the crazy uh, part of it, you know? So good times, good times. Yeah, so we've had fun with that. My daughter's been asking nonstop to play it since we got it for Christmas. That's yeah, I a think winner. the key with that game is whenever you're handed, you look at who was the person that drew before you. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> what is their skill set, and how do they think? Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. but anyways. All, All right. right, my turn again? Yep. Yeah, okay, so uh, let's see. Um... So I'm going to skip that one. Uh, I think uh, we've talked a few times about gunfights and gambling. Um, I had some family over that had never played it before. And so I got them down and sat down, and I, I basically TO'd a game of gunfights and gambling. And, dude, another one of those games that, like, every time someone plays that for the first time, they always feel like one side always feels like this game is so biased towards the other folks. Yeah. How can we possibly win? But every time... You get down to the last round, and it's like one point. the The other yeah. team won by one point. It's just and, it's and a pretty it, bad. Like, often game. comes to a shootout, you know. Yeah, yeah. This one, um, this one came down to because uh, remember at the last round of that game where the the um, the renegades are trying to burn down the town, and the pioneers are trying to keep the buildings from burned down. On the last round, the pioneers have a um, it's called like. Um, the fire wagon? Yeah, but it's called like, yeah. Well, there's the fire wagon. It's called something else at the last round. I can't remember what it's called, but the concept's the same. They can, yeah. They can put down, rather than put down two cards of buildings they're going to hide in, they can put down that third card so they can protect a building automatically. Right. And unfortunately, the uh, the two renegades happen to both pick buildings that neither the stagecoach or the fire wagon or the two pioneers were in, so they you know, automatically oh. got two two burned down buildings and it put them ahead by one point but they everybody walks away from that game thinking man i love it it feels it has a very strong theme you feel yep. like you're just out on the west you know hip shooting each other uh gambling you know drinking booze uh smoking cigarettes perfect game for little kids uh you know drinking whiskey <laughs> right. uh, throwing dynamite uh, and all that stuff so it's a it's just a fun game really recommend it. it's only like 30 bucks i was gonna yeah. say and you bought that thing place. for thirty bucks. You bought that game for thirty bucks at the Catacon, and I don't think you've regretted that purchase one bit. No, uh-uh. uh, uh, great game. I've probably played it uh, probably like five or six times now, and um, it always brings laughs at the tables, and that's what's important with the game yeah. for me. Yeah, and it's a mom and pop place too. It's a guy and his wife who uh, make these games, so recommend it. Yeah, we got to play with the uh, developer. Yeah, Let's get that, him on the phone. Good time. that was fun. It was fun. We played with him at a Canicon. That's how we found the game out. We played yep. with him. Definitely. All right, Dan, what about you? 
Um, I started and completed the Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign. So oh, nice. now I know all these uh, names of these pilots and characters that I've seen in other media like X-Wing and other, other games. I'm like, oh, now I know why this person matters. So it's good. I uh, had fun. So uh, it was Star Wars-y, kept me engaged, and uh, had to uh, kept having to keep lowering and lowering the difficulty just to get to the next level. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, am I playing this for fun or am I playing this for frustration? Let's lower the difficulty. So so you pulled the opposite of me with the Halo Legendary. Yeah, for you, you're challenged. You're like, I know I can beat this. I just got to figure out how. For me, it's like, you know, life is short. I don't want to spend much more of my life on this level. I'm going to lower this, the difficulty down a notch. I'm going to say that I played on one level in one part for four hours Ugh. to try to get through it. It would be better if I got to choose my own save point. Um, but yeah, yeah. when it dials you back and you're like, I keep doing this part perfectly, but it's this one right. part I'm struggling with. So it just, it's like the game is for fun. If it's not fun, then why play it? So, yeah. 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 So yeah, it's good. Next. Uh, my next one is Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. So um, this is a great game. It uh, follows on the heels of the Haunting of House Hill. Did I say that right? Haunting of Hill House, I think. Um, um that's the name of the Netflix it's, no, series. No, it's Betrayal. Okay. It's Betrayal. Is it betrayal on the house. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm good betrayal. There's a hill, there's a house in there. Hill. Betrayal at House on the Hill. There's a hill. Yeah, that's what it is. Betrayal at House, house betrayal, on the Hill. hill betrayal at House <laughs> on Betrayal at yes. House on the Hill. Yes. We got this. Betrayal at House on the Hill it's by missing, Avalon Hill Games. It's missing a the Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Yeah, yes. it's missing of the... Yeah. I mean, House on the Hill. That's the name of the house. house Anyways. The hill. No, anyway. this is important because a lot of people <laughs> play this game because it's a really popular game. It's a great game. Um, and, you know, that's modern adventurers going into... It, it um, definitely kind of has the feel of the... Um, the Hill House Netflix series style type thing where they, you know, or a, or a, um, a, uh, oh gosh, man, my brain is not working tonight. What's the, uh, 1970s haunted house? Uh, Amityville? Amityville. Amityville yep. horror. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. So it's got kind of that feel, but Betrayal of Baldur's Gate took this exact mechanics. I mean, everything everything is the same. The way that the hauntings work, the way that the tile discovery works, the way that the game works, and they put a D&D &D skin on it. So it's all Dungeons and Dragons, right? And you'll recognize, like, certain places. Uh, like, there's a shrine to Baal, which is one of the, you know, demon princes. There's... Um, you know, different different places that you can go, and um, you'll get different items like, uh, uh, you know, spell books, and you'll get a Berserker's Axe that's cursed and things like that. So, really great stuff, and um, we had a good time with it. Uh, I, the reason why I got the D&D &D version is that my oldest daughter is very much into D&D &D right now, and I knew that uh, that skin of the game would appeal to her quite a bit. And 
she being that she's like a teenager she is hard to please right now you know <laughs> so i needed to stack the deck into my favor um it's my funny wife that it's is... D that allows you to help with your teenage girl i know Usually right it would be the horror genre maybe i don't know <laughs> i know i know so um the here's the here's the crazy thing uh my wife is not crazy she likes the game She's not crazy about it, but my kids, they actually really like it. Even my youngest likes it. Um, she, uh, the last game that we played, we played it yesterday. Uh, she ended up turning the haunting on and she became one of, uh, Strahd's agents. She had to capture the rest of us and take us as his prey, you know? And so she was like, wait, I get to try to go after my brother and sister now? Like, yeah. she just had this, like, wicked gleam in her eye. I'm like, whoa, you're taking this role a little too seriously. <laughs> you know? Like, so, How fun is so, it? Yeah, so we had a great time with it. I mean, that's a game that you can play in about an hour, um, you know, especially if you if you know what you're doing. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. We've had We've had a really good time with it. Yeah, and the house, so. the house on the hill has an expansion, and yep. they also that one also has um, uh, additional characters that you can get for it, and and like better dice and better, um, you know, uh, tchotchkes. So usually that's a really good sign. If if there's a like a, more things to buy, it usually means yeah. it's a, the game has good bones. Yep. My my only complaint about that game is there's like a hundred little tokens yeah. in it, right? And a lot of them relate to hauntings. So some of them represent monsters. Some of them represent your character. Some of them represent um, things that happen. Like there's a green slime that's like just in one of the rooms. Like there's maybe a magic portal that takes you from room A to room B or something like that, you know? And um, while that's nice and everything... They're all lumped together in one giant pot. So anytime they're like, okay, pull out the um, the arcane portal tokens and place them there. And you're like, okay. So then you have to pull out all the tokens and sift through them. Yeah. You know, and find the two things. So so my big complaint about that game is that that aspect of it, with, that there are so many tokens, it slows down the gameplay. Or you gotta significantly. be the little bagmeister, little snacky bags for everything. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I might go that route because I think that there's like four or five different ways that you can categorize the tokens and then find them relatively quickly, but they're kind of a pain in the butt though. The only complaint I've ever heard about that game, amongst different gaming groups, is that no, let's not play that. We play that too much, and so that's that's <laughs> you know if 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 you're if you want to try something that you know. You're gonna to want to play once, two or three times, and get your money's worth. You know that one's a, that one's a great, great one to yeah. give it a whirl. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a good one. It's a good one. All right, Jason, back up to you. All right, so I played um, I played uh, Mortal Kombat. You know, I have a, some of you know I have an arcade in my basement, an arcade one up uh, with Mortal Kombat on it, and it's got one, two, three, Ultimate, um, and then a bunch of other games. And I was playing it with my uh, six-year-old. Uh, we were playing. She says, "Dad, let's play Mortal Kombat." I said, "Okay, cool." So I put on Mortal Kombat three because I really like the combo system in three. And we were playing it. She was like, uh, uh, "Dad, can we play the real one?" I said, "Okay." You mean like the original? She's like, "Okay, yeah, let's play the original." So I'm like, "Okay." So I reset it. And we op- we load Mortal Kombat one. 
and we play Mortal Kombat 1 for a round. She's like, no, Dad, come on, let's play the real Mortal Kombat. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I put on Mortal Kombat 2, and she's like, yep, this is the real Mortal the real Kombat one. right here. Nice. Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> so my six-year-old knows what you know which iconic Mortal Kombat <laughs> it, it was. That's out there. So you've all heard it. The real Mortal Kombat is Mortal Kombat she's 2 nice. from my six-year-old. She's going to grow up and be very weird. <laughs> she, she's a spunky little girl. She's That's a spunky awesome. little girl. And, and she's fun, and she loves. She gets into it. So it's a good time. So I had a good time playing uh, playing some arcade games with my kids. Very good. Very good. Uh, my next one is Minecraft. Nothing really to report there. My kids, we got more controllers for the Xbox Series X. Awesome. So now three or four of us can play uh, X, uh, Minecraft simultaneously, and it was good. The game has changed a lot. It's really been two or three years since I sat down and played it. So I was like, whoa, what's going on here? What's going on here? Um, you know, Are you survival mode only guy or creative mode? Um, I'm, I'm a creative mode guy because this is the – like if I'm going to go play like an adventure game where I'm dungeon crawling and fighting, I want to do a good game with good graphics. Um, if I'm in Legoland, I want to build with Legos. But stuff like, hey, let's turn the <laughs> snow on, and then the snow started piling up. I'm like, well, a lot of things have changed in this game. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I liked it. So uh, Minecraft is alive and well in my house, and my kids are always playing it, and, and I played it. It was great. We uh, we are a survival-only family. I know. I mean, I know. they're playing with that. And um, we've got our world that we are st- we've been sticking with, which I've been pretty happy because usually what happens is my oldest is like, I'm bored of this world, let's start a new yeah. one. And you're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna start all over again, you know? And I'm convinced her. I said, how about if we just go to a new biome? How about if we do that? Like we'll like we can take a bunch of the stuff that we have and we'll go to a new biome and start over there, you know? Like and start like it's a new game. Like have a great time. Um, yeah, we've been we we had a lot of Minecraft time over the over the holidays. So what um, age kid is getting bored with that world? Uh, my twelve year old. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, oh, and my fifteen year old will play on and off, yeah. and she's the one that wants to always restart worlds. Um, because she she likes the idea of starting out. Uh, I think starting fresh, and I'm like, well, let's just go somewhere else and yeah. start fresh. Like we don't have to. Our world is big enough, but yeah, man. I mean, like, there's sea turtles now, and there's all sorts of crazy stuff. And, like the Nether Nether portals, all new and decked out. And we've got a giant cave under our house, so it's like huge. Like, you fall in that thing, you are dead. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> the ceilings they, are so high now. I'm glad it's not the same Minecraft that they put out years ago. They're keeping it alive and well, and they're not. Oh, yeah. There's not like a paywall to get the latest, so I like that. Yep. Yep. So we we have a good time with it. It's this is one of those things where it's uh, my youngest plays it all the time with her friends. So she's become quite the builder. I can say, hey, go build a barn for our animals, and she like will build a really nice barn now. Yeah. And she's also the one that's like on YouTube watching Minecraft creators do their thing as well. Yeah. So um, it's one of those things that like I don't love that my kids sometimes watch like video game like videos it's it's kind of weird sometimes to watch like somebody playing video games Mm -hmm. but with minecraft it's a little bit different because you're almost watching somebody do their creativity yeah legos and then i've seen my daughter take that creativity and turn something into her own because she's seen them do things so i'm like okay i'll let that one pass (laughs) i'll let this slide you know yeah exactly so yeah minecraft it's good i i have we have a good time with it yeah okay you're up next 
so I played Axes and Allies over the break. Um, this was one of those funny stories because I walk into a, a New Year's Eve party and I walk in the door and literally to the right there's a table and the host of the party is putting out some little men for United Kingdom as he's setting up Axis and Allies. And I literally did one of those like step, step, turn and never left that room the rest of the night. You know? Wow. And I was like, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, have you ever played this game before? I was like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and um, he he's like, oh, I think I played this a long time ago. I want to I want to play it again. I was like, okay, I'll play the Axis. You can play the Outliers, you know. And his son was helping him for a little bit, but then I think his son got bored and wanted to go play something else. But he still wanted to do it. I pretty much beat him in three turns. We decided to call it after three turns, <laughs> which that's like pretty like as the Axis like three turns. I was like, wow, that was really impressive. Wow. Like I I played a really good game there. Kyle. Did you say he that to him? To Were you like, "Wow, no. that was really impressive. I <laughs> no, did awesome." No, I didn't. I didn't. I was like, "I was like, thanks I for bringing it, inviting us over." Yeah, yeah, because he, um, he, he played the U.S. super conservatively, so it basically let Japan just have its way with all of Asia, you know. And so within two turns, Japan was, um, well, at the end of turn three, Japan was completely surrounding Moscow. Like, all of Asia and all of Russia, wow. like, Japan owned. And I had uh, I had Germany in a very secure position. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I had, like, um, German guys, like, running down into Africa. Like, just, just owning Africa, too. So I ended up getting an economic victory after turn three, pretty much. Nice. So, wow, cool. Yeah. It was Ho- pretty hopefully wild. Hopefully he was... will uh, want to play games again. Uh, he said he had a good time. I don't think he realized how badly I beat him. Like, it was like, I, even playing the computer, like, on easy mode, I don't think I've ever beat, like, that bad, you know? Um, and so, I definitely did not let him know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to tell him that. Because if he wasn't playing again, I'm having to play it again, but, you know, whatever. But it was a good time. Uh, you know, that Axis and Allies, like, uh, that's a game that I got, um, on the on the like the PC like you had to have Windows ninety eight to run it <laughs> like you, like even like when when Vista and Windows seven came out and all that stuff like you had to have a Windows ninety eight emulator to run the game because it just wouldn't work otherwise <laughs> but I played that game so much and I would do crazy stuff like hmm huh, uh, what if Germany decided to try to invade England its first turn. You know, or, or like, what if they tried to go into Canada or something like that, you know? And so I, I did tons of scenarios, which um, I, I knew we were only going to play a couple of rounds with this uh, that night. So I got super aggressive and it paid off pretty much because <laughs> he was playing very conservative as well. So You just ripped him a new one, newbie. <laughs> I know. Get better, noob. <laughs> So, yeah, that was X's knowledge. This was a good time. I, I, I like that game. All right, Jason, you're up. My, my last one is uh, when we had some family over for another time, uh, we turned on my pinball machine, my virtual pinball machine, and we played several tables with kids and did, uh, you know, did uh, scoring competition and, and stuff. So a lot of fun. Enjoyed uh, Enjoy having these machines that I can turn on and actually push 
you know, real buttons and, and flick reel joysticks and, and plungers and stuff. And, uh, it's cool. Kind of everyone gets excited about it, uh, for a little bit. It's always kind of entertaining to watch. When we were at GuildCon, my goal was to go to the pinball machine, find the most lurid background, you know, the the most lascivious of of all your backgrounds, because you have like 200 or something like that, and leave it up as long as I could, and and you would go in and change (laughs) it and crack me up or something. Yeah, I definitely came down at one point when there were kids in the basement, and there was the one, the spooky one, which has like, spooky 2017 has a lady with like ginormous uh, bosom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoop, we're going to flip off this one. That that, that was my goal (laughs) in life, was to take your your wholesome family toy and and drag it into the gutter. Good stuff. Nice. Very good. Uh, my last one was Grounded for Life. Um, this is kind of like a Cards Against Humanity type thing, but it's kind of like um, Mad Libs where everybody has, like one player has a sentence with a blank in it and everybody gets to throw in the silliest thing that would make that sentence the most fun. So it's a game that kind of judges how funny um, the group is, and it's one I played with. Because it's a kid's game, you know, we had, you know, my nine-year-old and my 13-year-old play, and uh, you get to learn everybody's humor style and what kind of wins with certain players and what doesn't win. So that one, um, it was fun for, that was fun for ages nine up uh, for the whole family. So uh, it was good. So we had many, many uh, deep guffaw we played it a couple times the first time we played it the nine-year-old just smoked us all he beat us by such a huge margin and then we wised up and uh got a little more more competitive the second time nice cool grounded for life justin the last game of the night uh yeah so this one uh was another family gift that we got for our in-laws it's called throw throw burrito i've got that one too uh, it's Same. a great little game. I mean, it's uh, you can explain the rules in literally like five minutes and get going, right? And it's a fast action pace game. Uh, my nine-year-old struggled the first two or three games because it was going a little fast for her. Yeah, you know, to especially when they called out, you know, burrito war, and she was like, "Wait, what do I do now?" And somebody's already checking a burrito. At There's her no face. turns if you're waiting for your yeah. turn. It's tough. Yeah. So, uh, but once she figured out the pace of the game and like what the burrito calls meant, um, now she's totally good with it and she has a good time with it. Uh, we had to institute a rule that you could not run away from a duel. Because uh, what would happen is you would chuck, uh, one of our kids would chuck a burrito during a duel and then they would miss and the other one would advance on them to get a better shot and they would run like up the stairs. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, we said, we game. said, yeah, so we said, well, that's fun and all, but you got to stay in the room. So <laughs> make your shots count, you know. So, but we had a good time with it. It's a, you know, these burritos are super plushy. So when I say you're throwing a burrito at somebody, like it's literally being hit in the face with like a marshmallow, you know. So these uh, these are the games we like introduced to grandma when she was with us. You know, the the violent yeah. plushy throw and hit somebody in the face games. Nice. Get grandma involved. You, you'd be surprised how interested and invested grandma will get in your game once you <laughs> a- actually throw a burrito-shaped uh, smushy thing at, at, at her face. 
I get to throw burritos at my grandchildren? Yeah. <laughs> it will, watch grandma, like, totally do a wind-up and, yeah. and, and peg one of your kids. It's really enjoyable. <laughs> nice. I highly recommend that. Very good. We made Very it to good. the end of our list, guys. Yep. Uh, a lot of lot of good games we played over the a variety too. We we played we all played a lot of uh uh video games, but then we also played a bunch of board games and family games and things like that. So, a lot, yep. lot of good variety there. So, yeah. yeah. Video games, board games, war games, arcade games. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, we are at the end of the show, but we would love to hear from you guys. What games did you play over the weekend? Uh, well, not just weekend, but the holiday break. Uh, it's a classic time to start playing some games with some family. I saw all the social media accounts were abuzz with different board games and, and uh, you know, uh, different games that they got for Christmas and then, you know, whipped out over the rest of the, the holiday break. So uh, we'd love to hear what you played. Uh, we'd love to hear what uh, what games you're into. So leave us some responses on the social media there and uh, happy gaming, everybody. Woo-hoo. Thanks, everyone.